Welcome to Scanner School session number 93. This is another Ask Scanner School. This is session number 13 of Ask Scanner School, and all the session notes can be found online at scannerschool.com slash session 93. Now, before we jump right into today's episode, I want to remind you that this session of Scanner School is sponsored by you. You, the members of the After School Scanner Club, the citizens of Scanner Nation, and those who have the frequencies in your area completely memorized. You know what department's on the air just by whose voice that you hear. You can tell by the hum coming through your speaker what department's on the air. The diehards, those of you who live, breathe, dream, I don't go that far, but those of you who have a very sincere and great appreciation for the scanner radio hobby. Yeah, and even those two who are a little bit over the edge and a little bit nutty like me. Without you and your support, Scanner School would not be where it is today. So to all of you who listen to this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube, who are members of our Facebook community, ask questions on a monthly basis, which is why I'm here today to answer those questions. I just want to say thank you so much for being out there. We're almost at 100. We're at 93 right now. And again, couldn't have gotten as far without you. And let's keep going. So to all of you out there who listen, who comment, who subscribe, who give me feedback, I appreciate you. I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the Scanner School Club, the Scanner School class, the Scanner School community, whatever it is you guys want to call it. Thank you so much. So we have a very, very packed episode today. Let's jump right into it. Welcome to the Scanner School a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. All right, guys, we have a lot of questions that came in this month. That is awesome. Thank you so much for submitting your questions. Not going to keep this intro long at all. We're going to jump right into it. But before I jump into this, I want to remind you that I also have our live Q&A session this coming Saturday. So that's going to be Saturday, October 5th. It's going to be 11 a.m. Eastern U.S. time, which equates to 1500 UTC. There's going to be links for it on our YouTube page. So scannerschool.com slash YouTube. We'll also have comment um, links to this on our Facebook page, scannerschool.com slash Facebook, as well as the Facebook group, scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. You'll be able to find us the, uh, links there. Uh, we'll be probably pushing it through Twitter and whatnot. Um, and also through our email newsletter. So if you're subscribed to me somewhere, you will get the exact link as to where to get this week's coming video live Q&A session where, again, where I answer your questions live as quickly as I can within a 30-minute window. And for the next 30 minutes after that, it's for my Patreon $5 supporters. So if you're not yet on Patreon, you're not yet support me over there, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon or scannerschool.com slash support. Become a $5 Patreon member, which again is a month-over-month contribution. You can cancel at any time. Um, if you're a $5 member, you get your own private Q&A session with me, which immediately follows the uh, the live public uh session. So again, check us out at scannerschool.com, uh, all the social media channels. That's exactly where we're going to be. All right, let's jump into it because we have a ton of questions that came in today. Thank you so much again in advance for all of you who've asked your questions. If you want to um, ask me another question, scannerschool.com slash ask. 
So let's start off with a couple of email questions. This one came in from Juan Alvarez. Juan says, hello, Phil. I'm studying for my ham radio license. But in the meantime, I'd like to get a radio handheld. I know I'll not be able to transmit, but I can listen and get familiar with the radio in the meantime. I live in Kane County, Illinois. I'm sure I just butchered that one. Uh, and it seems like some of the repeaters around here or close are D-Star. So I'm looking at the Kenwood THD 70, uh, 74A. I want a radio that can follow me as I get better in a hobby. I'm also thinking to get a hotspot. And that way I could just sit at any place around my home and talk to people all over the country. Also, we'll be studying for my general once I get this one so I can talk to people all over the world. That would be great. I want to get into the right radio once and not have to keep getting a new one every time I improve. Any help would be appreciated. Thank you in advance and have a great day. Best regards, Juan Alvarez. Juan, hopefully um, between the time you email me and I'm reading this on the podcast, I hope that you have taken your technician's class license and have passed. If you have, congratulations. If you haven't yet taken a test, jump into it, go for it. A really great website to practice the tests is aa9pw.com. That's alpha alpha 9 papa whiskey.com. And they have practice tests in there. You can take those practice tests over and over again until you get to the point where you are repeatedly passing the test. You want to make sure that you're consistently passing this way when you go in to take your test that you have, um, you know, you're, you're going to have a little bit of nerves on you. So you want to make sure you're really passing these tests, not just getting by by the skin of your teeth. But it's a great way to practice those tests after you completely understand the theory. So let's take a quick look online. And um, so we're going to go to repeaterbook.com and take a quick look here just to see what's in the area. So again, repeaterbook.com is basically just an online resource of amateur radio repeaters. Now again, you can go worldwide, North America, you can break it down to different areas, but it works almost very similar to that of Radio Reference where you get a map of what's on there. And again, you can go to radioreference.com, you go to the frequency database, you can go and look for amateur radio, and you can look at it this way. I know a lot of people prefer to use repeater book. They just... Um, I don't know, being that this is an amateur radio question and not really so much a scanning question, I am just jumping directly into the uh, repeaterbook.com website. So it looks like, according to Repeaterbook, you have got a ton of mixed, mixed different sites here. You have plenty of analog. Looks like you've got P25. You've definitely got some D-Star. And I'm going to say you've got DMR out here also. Quite a quite a mix of different um, technologies that you have out here in amateur radio. So lucky, lucky you. I mean, this is this is phenomenal what you have. So just for the heck of it, I went back over to Radio Reference and I looked under amateur radio, and there's just a handful basically of of um, amateur radios uh, repeaters out here. So really, nothing against you know Radio References, uh, you know amateur radio listings, but it looks like you have a lot more information available at your fingertips right here at Repeater Book. So another thing you could look at is, um, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to push you into D-Star, but, you know, I think it's a pretty good idea, and I'm going to tell you why I think it might be a good idea to get a radio that does have D-Star. First of all, you can scan P25 and DMR from basically any 
digital scanner that's out there in the market. However, you won't be able to monitor D-Star unless you have an amateur radio that's capable of receiving D-Star. So you're not going to be able to buy a scanner radio and monitor a D-Star, but again, you can monitor P25 and DMR from any scanner radio. So that's a pro into going with a D-Star radio, amateur radio. At least it gives you that ability to monitor that. The other thing, though, is if you listen to a, an episode a couple weeks ago where we had um, Kenneth Fowler on, we talked about a amateur radio hotspot that was that would allow you to diff, use the different modes from that hotspot. And, um, and that's back on session number 91, scannerschool.com slash session 91. Kenneth was using a Zoom spot. And a Zoom spot piggybacks basically off of a Raspberry Pi, Raspberry Pi and it allows you to basically go cross technologies with your digital radio. So you should, in theory, now again, I don't have a Zoom spot, so I cannot verify this, but you should be able to go from uh, DMR, or I'm sorry, from, from D-Star into a DMR world or an NXDN world or a P25 world. Now, again, you're not going to be changing modes over the air and going out on your local repeater. You could be going in the back end into the C-Bridge or the reflectors on, on D-Star or whatever they call it on P25 and NXDN. But that's a way of basically um, allowing you to get more flexibility on your radio. So whether or not you go D-Star or you go P25 or you go you know, um, uh, DMR. Now, again, too, you can go DMR pretty cheap. Believe it or not, Baofeng makes DMR radios now. Uh, Anytone was one I was looking at. You can go with. So Waxong, you know, some Chinese radio brands, TYT. So there's avenues out there to get into DMR fairly cheap so i mean basically for the for the first reason i gave if, if you don't want to go straight analog and you want to go with the digital technology looking at what you have in the area i don't think you can go wrong going d star and i think it makes sense to invest in d star with an amateur radio because like i said before you can get nxdn p25 and dmr in the scanner radio world at least you can listen to the local d star repeaters from your amateur radio HT, and then bring a scanner in off the side to listen to everything else. So I say go for it. Also, let us know what your new amateur radio call sign is once you've got your call. I want to say best of luck. Good luck taking that test. I know you're going to pass it. And contact me on the group once you've got your license. All right, let's jump on to our next emailed question. Okay, this question comes in from David Chast. David writes in, he goes, my primary scanners are now a Uniden BCD536HP in the home and the Uniden BCD436HP in the car. Previously, I was using a Uniden BCD785D. Prior to that, I had a Realistic Pro 2006. I know the names because they are still sitting on my desk, turned off. Just a side note, that's that's a shame. I mean... Those are all great radios, the BCD-75 and the, and the Realistic Pro 2006. Got to find a use for them. Got to turn them back on. Let, let the energy flow through those radios, please. All right, going back to David's question. He goes, I live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. The county is now on a 700 megahertz P25 Phase 2 system. Nothing was sadder than the crossover day. I was in the car with my son, and the county was doing a roll call of units on the existing system that he was able to monitor and then asked them to switch to the new system, and then all I got to hear was dead silence. Devastating. Great excitement when you didn't release the 536. 
I was back in business. But mobile monitoring has always been challenging in Bucks County after the switch to P25 Phase 2. At home, both units work very well, but in the car, not so much. I'm on Radio Reference, and some chat groups I hear honestly never saw a post that described the issues I was and am experiencing. In the car, whether the 536 or the 436, Bucks County system disappears. Zero bars of signal. Then just as magically, five bars of signal strength and broadcasts are received. I can be in the same place, I can be moving, and no rhyme or reason as to why the signal bounces between zero and five bars. So recently, I went back into Sentinel and created a new favorites list for Bucks to see if a fresh download from Ray Reference might help. It really didn't. I thought maybe an antenna, and I replaced it. No change. And tellingly, all other transmissions, even from Mercer County, New Jersey, still came through. Just Bucks P25 Phase 2 kept being intermittent. So when I Google search, I stumbled upon Scanner School and found it to be very helpful. The first inkling I had heard about the Unication pager was when people were posting about a change to Camden County, New Jersey, and that Unication might be a solution. At the time, I didn't think it would have any impact on me until I started reading comments about G4 and G5 in Bucks County and a single site, multiple tower issues. I still don't understand if it is what I'm experiencing. It isn't garbled transmissions. It's just the complete inability to lock in and on the control channel. It just doesn't see it until it sees it. So my first thought was to get the unit in SDS 100. It's the first true IO whatever. Then I saw comments pertaining to Bucks County and how the SDS might not be the answer. Now I'm researching the unication. Oh, and there's some screenshots of my Sentinel setup. Maybe you can see something that's just set up incorrectly, like too many channels in the simulcast section instead of just the control channels. David, thank you so much for the question and for explaining all of the details that are in this. So what I did was I jumped on Radio Reference and I just went to the Pennsylvania forum and started looking for Bucks County threads. I also did a really quick Google search and there's quite a bit of information out there when it comes to the Bucks County system. So you'll notice that if you do that, you'll find out that um, Zip Scanners did a quick post on Bucks County out there, basically just to say there's, you know the simulcast systems that are out there and what they recommend. Of course, the same thing that we've just talked about here and what I'll be recommending as well. And uh, basically, what you see on Radio Reference forums over and over again, I've seen basically posts about the 436 and 536, posts about not being able to monitor them, the whole deal. Basically, what you've described is kind of what I'm getting through on all these other posts. What it really looks like to me, and what I believe the problem is here, is you have a 700 megahertz P25 Phase 2 system that's running in simulcast. It has all the bells and whistles, all the alerts, all of the screaming telltale signs of a simulcast issue. You can pick it up, and then you can't. You have no decode, then you have five bars. I bet you even what you're picking up is only a fraction of what is actually able to be picked up if you had a scanner that did work on simulcast, okay? So I have a couple of solutions for you, and some of them are going to be easy to do, some of them not so much, some of them might make you want to pull your hair out, okay? But we're going to go through them really quick. Now, again, I have another podcast on how to go around simulcast. I did this one way back when, and... um. This, I mean, if you listen to that one, this one might 
might be better help for you than than that podcast. So again, if you want to go back and you want to hear my my take on P25 and simulcasting issues, you can go back. You listen to that one on session 18, simulcast what it is and how to overcome it by scrolling scannerschool.com slash session 18. But we're going to go through it now. This is the ni- this is the 2019 version of this, the updated version of it, the um, you know, the plus 80 version of that podcast. So Simulcast, yes. It sounds to me like you have simulcast. What is simulcast? Simulcast is when you have multiple transmitter sites transmitting the exact same information at the exact same time or very near to that real time of the, of the same time. Why do I say very near to the real time? Well, because you have delays, right? You've got delay between the time that that signal leaves the transmitter site till it gets to your radio. You have delay on when that signal gets from the dispatcher's office and goes through the fiber backhaul or the microwave backhaul, or whatever it is the backhaul is to that transmitter site, there's some sort of millisecond delay times in there. Okay, we're not talking full seconds. We're talking milliseconds. Milliseconds can be devastating when it comes to putting zeros and ones back together again, putting the digital pieces of the puzzle back into place, especially when it comes to these older scanners that didn't have to deal with simulcast on the... the on, on phase two on TDMA, um, well, even the, I don't believe even the, the control channels, but maybe they are. But it's it's digital. If zeros and ones are not where zeros or ones are supposed to be, or the radio can't figure out where those zeros and ones go, guess what happens? The radio goes, I don't know what's going on here. I can't decode this. Zero bars. This is what sounds to me what is exactly happening to your radios. Now, let's break apart. It works fine at home. Okay, it probably works fine at home, and I'm going to guess that you don't have an external antenna. If you do, I would think it wouldn't work fine there. Your 436 is probably using the top of the, of the scanner's antenna, and you're only really picking up one transmitter site. So you're not picking up multiple transmitter sites. You have eliminated the simulcast issue. Same goes for your desktop 536 at home. I assume using the back of the antenna off that comes with the radio. You're only picking up one transmitter. Now, if you're driving, guess what? You could be picking up multiple sites depending on where you are. You're going to have to figure out a way to eliminate all those. Take the antenna off the radio. Put a really garbage antenna on there. Uh, Put a paperclip on there. I mean, just put something on there. That's going to mute out everything except your strongest site. Now, if you're between two sites, it's going to be impossible. Okay, you're going to have problems with the 436. Unfortunately, I know it was top of the line when it came out five years ago. Technology changes, things change, and the SDS-100 knows how to work with the simulcast issues. And I was reading through a thread on Radio Reference where somebody says that with the new additions to the firmware where you have the filters added, the 100, the STS-100 and 200 work even better on simulcast and even work better on Bucks County. There are people out there that are saying the Unication G4 and G5 work very well on there as well. Now, and here is my offer to you. I will let you borrow one of my G5 units if you would like so you can test it out. Okay, just contact me offline, phil at scannerschool.com. You can borrow and evaluate one of my Unication G5 pagers. Now, again, this is me, Mr. Unication Dealer, talking here. Okay, if you want to borrow my pager as a dealer, 
you can borrow my pager. I'm not letting everybody borrow my scanner gear here. Okay, so just so you're aware of which hat I'm wearing right now, but I'm not trying to sell you the pager. I just want you to see how it works. Okay, so let's talk about a different setup here, something that might be a whole lot cheaper. Let's look at the SDS, I'm sorry, the SDR, software defined radios, these $35 dongles you can buy on Amazon. You pair that with something like DSD Plus and you should have no problem picking it up. But again, this is not going to fix your solution or fix your issue because your solution at home seems to be working. You have one radio on an internal back of set antenna, which I'm assuming here, you have no issues picking it up. But maybe you do and you don't realize it too. Maybe you're not picking everything up. So DSD Plus might be a good help for that as well. Now, if you go to um, scannerschool.com slash courses, right now we don't have the SDS, um, sorry, the SDR course available for purchase, but we will have it in the near term future. So you can get on the waiting list by going to scannerschool.com slash courses. That will be there. I might be doing it live again, maybe by the first of the year. So we'll see how this aligns. I really don't have it in my schedule right now, but I do have a demand for it. I know people want it again. And I know people are very patiently waiting for me to publicize or publish uh, my SDR training class that I held, I guess, back in May uh, for a small group of people. So it really is time to bring that back up again and go through that training as well. So I'm sorry to say it, but it, it really does, to me, scream simulcast issues. So works great at home. Enjoy it at home. On the road, you might need to pick up something like a SDS 100 or the Unication Pager. Now, again, the Unication device, this is my, my, my scanner school, my scanner radio head talking here. It's a pager. It's not a scanner. It's going to be very limited as to what you can do on the road with it. You're going to have to programming it ahead of time and know where things are programmed and live by the fact you're not going to be able to lock things out on the fly. You're going to need to program these things up ahead of time. It's a pager. It's not a scanner. But it's got like 64 zones in it, eight ch uh, channels or eight positions of memory per zone. You can have up to 64 talk groups on a zone. I'm sorry, on a, on, a, on a talk group list. You can't mix and match conventional and trunking. You can't have multiple trunk systems in there. You have multiple trunk sites, just not systems. So again, if you want to borrow a pager, this is me, Mr. East Coast Pagers now talking. Contact me offline. And I'll set you up with a demo pager so you can evaluate the G4 or sorry, the G5. We can just program up in G4 mode, which basically means you don't get VHF or UHF. So unfortunately, that's the solution, what I believe would be the solution for your site. But thank you so much for the details. Thanks for writing in. And hopefully that's a good enough answer to get you at least pointed in the right direction. Okay, let's go on to our next emailed question. Okay, this question comes in from Nathan McMullen. Nathan was our guest, actually, back on Scanner School Session 73 when we talked about scanning on a budget. If you remember that one, we talked about how he um, doesn't really spend a lot of money to get into the scanner radio hobby. We talked about a lot of SDR and uh, some really cheap and affordable radios. We even talked about Baofengs on there. But again, Nathan is a college student, so money is very tight for him, and I Definitely appreciate him being a guest. And if you want to check out that session, scannerschool.com slash session 73. So when Nathan wrote in, I was pretty shocked to actually read his question. And uh, maybe you will be too. So let's go for it. Nathan writes in, he goes, I'm looking into upgrading my Whistler 1040 since simulcast is an issue in my area. 
I want to stay portable with a handheld scanner instead of being planted into my computer using SDR trunk. I've seen the SDS100 and the Unication G5 pagers. Both of these seem like good options. I go to college in Madison County, Kentucky. Which one do you think would be a great investment? So I'm going to answer this one, Nathan, from my scanner school hat, not my Unication dealer hat. Uh, primarily because I want you to be very clear and very aware of the differences between the two. And I'm going to answer this question more personally because you and I have kind of a history together and I know more of what your background is. If I didn't know what your background was, I might have answered this question slightly different. But because I know that you are uh, conscious about your spending and I think you want to future-proof yourself and I think you want to get a little bit more out of your your radios than uh, what what could be limited to, maybe the SDS-100 might be the better solution for you. Now, I'm only saying this right now because the SDS-100 will do analog, right? It'll do P25, phase one and phase two with paid upgrades, NXDN, DMR, right? So you can scan multiple things at the same time. You can do NXDN, P25, DMR, all in a scan list. You can, you know, set it up to even be a, pi- a fire page if you wanted it to. The G5 pager, again, like we talked about in the last question from David, it's one mode at a time. So it's going to be conventional only in a scan list. Then it will be only P25 in a scan list. You can't have multiple P25 systems going. So you're, you're, I think it's 16 channels. Yeah, it's 16 channels on a scan list. On analog, I'm sorry, not even analog, conventional. Conventional could be both P25 and analog. Um, But you can't go back and forth between conventional and trunking in a scan list. So being that I know that you're looking for something that's going to be better suited for a scanner radio environment, maybe in your situation that the SDS-100 might have more of a value to you because you can do more with it. I, I, you know, hopefully you understand what I'm saying. Um, not to say that the Unication G5 probably wouldn't be a good solution either, but just knowing what you're doing, what your background is, I think that, you know, the STS-100 probably would be best suited for you personally. Now, if you're looking for something that's got a better resale value on it, the Unidin G5, I think, would have a better resale value on it if it is that you end up purchasing it and do not like it. Now, again, Nathan, because you and I have a history together, I am going to quickly put on my East Coast Pagers hat here and say that if you also want to borrow a pager to evaluate, just contact me offline and we'll talk about sending you down a 30-day evaluation. But taking that hat back off again, um, I'm, I'm really going to say probably the STS-100. Now, again, if David or Nathan, if you guys are interested in the STS-100, you want to make a purchase, I also recommend purchasing it through Scanner Master. They can get you guys set up with programming, accessories, cases, whatnot. You can get to them by going to scannerschool.com slash scannermaster. Now, again, that's my affiliate. I'll earn a couple bucks if you use that link to make a purchase. Um, David, though, going really quick back to your question when it came to uh, programming and you have your 436 and 536, an STS-100 will grab that programming, so you don't have to reprogram that radio. It'll take exactly what's in that radio, and it'll go right over to the other one. Nathan, unfortunately, doesn't follow through with you with, with your uh, your Whistler product. But again, Nathan, um, I, I really think in your situation, and just again, knowing your history, SDS-100. 
Thanks again, Nathan, for your question. And also thanks again for being a past guest on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking with you and understanding how it is that you scan, especially on a budget. Okay, we got one more that came in via email, and then we'll jump right into our voicemail questions. So William Sawyer writes in, he goes, your podcasts have helped a lot. In Facebook groups, I mentioned I got a Bearcat BC 235 XLT. It appears to have the military air, not something I'm big on yet. What I am puzzling over is the 800 megahertz. It trunks too, but as analog and it's not rebanded, it's useless or there's some areas in the country where that's still useful for something. If so, then what? So yeah, um, it's an older radio, which you have. So it only supports Motorola Type 1 and Type 2 trunking systems. Non-rebandable. So um, if your local system rebanded, unfortunately, means you're kind of SOL, to put it bluntly. Um, what else can you monitor on 800 megahertz with that radio? Well, there's the... Uh, the ITAC channels you can monitor. Those are uh, the frequencies that are used for interoperability. So they may not be very busy in your area. They might be very busy in your area. What I really strongly suggest doing is just putting a search range out there for the public safety band and see if you can get any analog hits. You might find there might be some links out there or something else. This is where being a detective and going old school with your scanner can really be beneficial. could bring you outside of the box a little bit and, and take you out of your comfort zone and make you a frequency detective. Find out what's out there just by doing a search on it. Now, again, the radio will also do all the other conventional frequency bands, bands that are out there. So if your area is no longer using VHF public safety, UHF public safety, use it for something like sniffing out MERS, FRS, GMRS, amateur radio, CB, still use it for weather alerts. Um, there's got to be, there's there's other business users that are out there. There's still plenty of analog out there. It just may not be what you're used to, right? It may be more than just listening to police and fire now in your area. Maybe you get hooked on listening to aviation. You get hooked on listening to, I don't know, Coast Guard, Railroad. There's other stuff out there that you can listen to besides, you know, following everybody over to an encrypted system or, or the next generation, P25. There's use on these older radios. So just repurpose it. Use it for something different. Maybe you just leave it parked on, uh, you know, Coast Guard Channel 16 if you can hear the local Coast Guard frequencies that are out there. I mean, I don't know what area you are, you live in. Uh, you didn't seem to mention it in, in your reply to me. But, you know, there's, there's things that are out there you could you could listen to. So again, yeah, 800 megahertz, non-rebanded can really be a kick in the shins, so to speak. Um, but you'll find stuff out there. Put it in search mode. Look at other banks. There's still plenty out there to listen to besides listening to trunk systems. Guaranteed, there's something out there for you to listen to. So again, it's definitely time for you to upgrade. <laughs> you know, that's an old radio, but use it, enjoy it. There's still, again, not beating a dead horse here. There's still stuff out there to listen to, and I hope that you find it. All right, that's it. We had a lot of questions come in via email this week, or this month, rather. So let's jump right over now to our voicemail questions. 
Now, these questions that are coming in through voicemail, these questions will qualify for our free consulting call, which we'll be giving away at the end of the session. Unfortunately, the email questions, I don't do the email questions for consulting calls because I like to try and promote people to come in and leave me a, a question in their own voice. So let's jump into our very first voicemail question. Good afternoon, Phil. It's Jim Peruta calling. Just have two questions for you. The first one is um, somebody has told me about a different service other than radio reference live radio. It's called Open Megahertz. Maybe you can give us a quick talk about it sometime on a future show. The second question for you is for those of us that have old crystal scanners, what can we expect and maybe help us out using them in a, a better way? And do they need to be narrow banded for the new narrow banded frequencies? Thanks again for all your help. And please continue the podcast. We love hearing you. Hey, Jim. Good to hear from you again. For those of you who are longtime listeners of the podcast, will recognize Jim as being my very first interviewee. Interviewee? Person I've interviewed the first time. I think that's the way you say it. But... He was actually the number two published interview on the podcast. Figure that one out. Jim was on session number 21 of Scanner School when we talked about scanning and fire photography. Jim does a great job on, on his website, which, uh, again, you have to go back to session 21 on the show notes to grab that. And we'll, we'll, we'll put the, uh, the link to his website. I can't recall it offhand. I know he's up in Connecticut, and he does a great job through the New England area with uh, their publication and whatnot. But to answer your first question or, or to comment on your first question, I was not aware of Open Megahertz. I am pretty familiar with um, the recording application that it's built around. I've used that with Unitrunker. So I'm going to loop back around and actually reach out to Luke and see if he'd like to come on a podcast and explain more about Open Megahertz. I think it's really cool what he's got going on over there. Just in a short time, I've looked at it. So I want to thank you very much, Jim, for pointing me in that direction and to bring it to my attention. Um your second question, though, the one I would like to address here, and again, we'll, we'll loop back on open megahertz hopefully in the future, but uh, crystal radios, and do you need to worry about narrow banding them? I would say no. See, we I talked about narrow banding, wide banding way back when on, on session five. It was one of the very first uh, podcasts I did, so I was still a little... I <laughs> wasn't that comfortable. Uh, you can hear the difference between those early episodes. In fact, I listened to my very first episode um, the other morning, and holy cow, was I cringing through the entire thing. But um, to go back to your question, I long, the, the, the short answer here is I wouldn't worry about reband. Um, I'm sorry about, about narrow banding, okay? What ends up happening is basically if if – you had 25 kilohertz wide of spectrum to use on your transmission, right? You would use the full thing. Narrow band radios then look for half of that, right? So they're looking at 12 and a half kilohertz, basically. If you had a narrow band radio and you were listening at a wide band frequency, it wouldn't really sound right because you don't have the full spectrum coming through the filter. On the opposite side, though, if you're listening using a wide band radio and you're listening to a narrow band frequency, it may not sound 100% perfect, but it's going to sound good enough because your radio is still going to receive the audio and the frequency range that it's looking for. It's not going to be filtered out, okay? So I think you're better off with a wide band receiver trying to listen to narrow band than a narrow band trying to listen to wide band, okay? 
Now, the only time you're really going to have a problem is if you're in an area that's very congested when it comes to the RF environment, and maybe now you have two frequencies that are too close together. Then you may have a problem with a wide band receiver because you are not filtering out the other narrow band channel, right? Because you can technically fit two narrow band frequencies into a one single wide band channel or frequency. That's why they're going narrow band. Now we're going to go an ultra narrow band where it's 6.25 kilohertz. Hopefully you're not talking about going that narrow with a wide band receiver. Okay. All in all though, enjoy those crystal radios as long as you can. There's something very magical about seeing the lights flash. Something very cool about having those mechanical lockout or bank uh, not even bank keys. It's all one bank anyway. But those those lockout toggles, right? Nothing is as satisfying as playing with that spring trigger on a Bearcat 101. Um, don't break them, though. <laughs> They're almost impossible to find. Um, don't worry about it. Just go for it. Have fun with it. Don't worry about the Y-band. Unless you really have a frequency that's too close to you, then it's going to really eh, ruin your fun. But um, you're good to go. Enjoy the wideband. And again, to, to summarize what the wideband is, wideband, so you have 25 kilohertz, you have a wide path. Cut that in half, you have two narrow bands inside of that. Cut that in half again, you've got four ultra bands inside of a single wideband carrier, okay? So again, unless you really have a congested environment, as long as you're centered on that narrow band channel, you should be good to go. Enjoy the old crystal gear. And Jim, thanks again for all of your support over the last year and change. I want to thank you again for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for being there. Thanks for your support in other ways as well. I want to thank you again also for submitting your question for the week and also for the tip on Open Megahertz. Let's go on to our next question. Hi, Phil. This is Joe Curtis. Um, I had uh, submitted a question uh, probably a couple months ago um, now. Um Regarding my Bearcat or my BCD325P2 scanner, um, and I had found out one of the settings um, to um, enable up and was not enabled. So uh, I appreciate uh, you answering my question. Anyways, uh, with that, um, my next question I have is I'm looking at getting uh, SDS100 um, here in the... Um, Waukesha, Milwaukee metro area of uh, Wisconsin. Um, we have a regional uh, P25 radio system that um, is simulcast, and my uh, BCD325P2 um, does not do the best with the simulcast environment. Um, it does fairly well, but in certain areas, I do get... Uh, um, the scanner won't receive due to the simulcast distortion. But the question I have is um, I currently use the ARC uh, XT software um, to program my scanner, and I have a bunch of profiles um, saved in that format with the ARC um, software. And I'm um, wondering if um, with uh, SDS100, I know – I believe Butel makes software that is capable of programming um, that uh, scanner as well. Um, but I'm a little 
confused with favorite lists and all that. Um, so um, going from a DMA dynamic memory allocation scanner, which um, the BCD 325P2 is, to the SDS100, is there a way that I can transfer my profiles I already have to um, the SDS100? I'm just kind of wondering if I'm able to do that because I've put a lot of time and effort into programming my scanner the way I want it, and um, I just like I I hate to um, lose all my custom uh, lists with my um, with the scanner I currently use. Um, so if you could answer that question, that would be great. Um, Again, uh, great job with the podcast. Um, it's one of my favorites. I try to listen to it every week. Um, so keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Joe. Great to hear from you again, and thanks again for your additional question. So going from an older DMA to the Home Patrol database isn't exactly a, a walk in the park, but it is possible. So you may find a lot of time rebuilding profiles and, and adding new favorites lists and whatnot. So let's break down the simplest right away. A favorites list is a scan list. A scan list is kind of the same as a bank, right? If we go back in previous generations of how the scanners work. So basically just a favorites list is basically a list of frequencies that you're grouping together. And that's the list that you're going to monitor. Now you can, basically take several favorites lists and tie them into together into a, the same key. And, um, uh, you know, so you could daisy chain multiple favorites lists, just like you could with, with other systems and gro groups and profiles. I'm sorry, other systems and groups in the DMA world. So it's just changing the terminology just a little bit different. Now, when it comes to importing into the Home Patrol database, there's no way to take a profile that you've set up with Butel or FreeScan or anything else and merge that over into a profile for Sentinel or the SDS or the Home Patrol environment. The best thing that you can do is take your ARC uh, XT files. Those are the the saved systems or the saved scan list you know, that you have set up in ARC XT. You can open those files with ARC 536 and then kind of massage them into a favorites list on your home patrol. You can't batch it. You can't bring in a profile. You got to bring them one at a time. So you got some work cut out for you. It's not so simple. But if you have a couple hours, you can get through it and you can get it set up pretty much identical to the way your 325 is set up. Yes. As you've discovered, a 325 isn't the best when it comes to the simulcast environment. I can definitely confirm what you're saying with that one. My neighboring county has a P25 Phase 2 simulcast system. If I take my TRX-1 or my 325, my 425s, my next county over, guess what I'm missing? Most of the conversations happening on that system. Bring over the SDS-100 on my Unication G5 uh, pager. Guess what? As, as far as I'm concerned, I'm picking up everything. Got to really double check it though with Unitrunker running in the background. But hands down, when the 325, the TRX1, the 436 are silent, the STS100 is gangbusters. Okay. 
you'll see a difference. You'll enjoy the STS-100 as long as you can get your head wrapped around how it works and how to program it. Now, again, in the future, I do definitely have planned how to do some training materials wrapped around the STS-100 and 200. It's just time is just a factor when it comes to doing this stuff. I'll make sure I do it right. And I've got other things on my plate right now, but I definitely want to get these training courses out there. So in the meantime, there's plenty of great resources on YouTube. I don't have any that I can personally recommend right now because I just haven't really looked at YouTube for this information. But if you have any questions, it's great material for me to start building my YouTube channel. I can definitely show you how to do a thing or two on the SDS 100. If you've got questions, I could put a couple of videos together for you to help walk you through the process. Joe, thanks again for your question. And uh, hopefully you get the SDS 100. Everything works well for you. But if not, you can always ask away again here and uh, we'll get you through your next question. Thanks again, Joe. And uh, best of luck with the new radio. We've got one more question lined up before we pick a winner for this month's free consulting call. So let's get to it. Hi, my name is Robert Sedlak. Hi, Phil. I have several questions about my Uniden STS-100 scanner. I bought this scanner and had it programmed by a seller because I knew I would have trouble programming it. After I discovered that a lot of what I wanted to listen to wasn't programmed on the scanner, I contacted the seller. He wasn't much help. So I downloaded the Sentinel software. I have tried the software, but when I get into trouble and have to ask questions, they have nobody to turn to. I have watched several videos several times on YouTube, but these things, these guys skip around so fast I can't, still can't get it. Right now I use zip code for programming, but I know I'm missing a lot of stuff. I'm also not too computer savvy, so I need somebody to show me step by step. Maybe someone who lives near me could help. To say the least, it's very frustrating. I have listened to scanners for a lot of years, and ever since my wife became an EMT, she has taken a strong interest in the scanner, but she knows nothing like me about programming. I also like to listen to the radio that the bosses are carrying at work, they are on a 400 megahertz. I would like to know how to insert those stations also. I have listened to a lot of your podcasts and enjoy them very much. Keep it up. A lot of people out there appreciate all the time you have spent on trying to teach us. I know the best way to learn the program is to actually physically do it myself, not someone showing me how to do it, if that makes any sense. Hopefully, you can steer me in the right direction. Thanks, Bob. Hey, Bob, thanks for your message, and I am really sorry to hear that you are having a tough time with the SDS-100. Stick with it, though. Please don't give up on it. Once you finally get the hang of how it works and how it programs, you'll really enjoy the scanner. I just I just feel really bad right now that you're having such a hard time with it. Um, I feel absolutely miserable that you are uh, having problems with the seller and if you want to reach back to me uh, you can do so phil at scannerschool.com and um you know if i can help you in any way with that seller or anything else uh just let me know and we'll see where we can go from here but zip code programming is a really good way to get started with the scanner you have to remember though that there's a difference in the service types that are out there 
If you look at the radio reference database, you'll notice all the way on the right-hand side, you have several services, fire dispatch, fire attack, uh, you know, EMS dispatch, EMS tack, police dispatch, police tack, those, you know, amateur radio, businesses, security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The thing that most people miss, and I'm I'm guilty of this myself. I I think I've told the story before, and I'll tell it again after I explain this to you. But if you have those services locked out, you've effectively locked them out of the scanner. So if all you have turned on is fire dispatch and police dispatch, you will never hear EMS dispatch, no matter how many times you bang your head against the wall and how many times you reprogram the scanner. If EMS dispatch is not a service that you have enabled in your profile, you'll never ever hear an EMS dispatch on a frequency that's in radio reference that's defined as EMS dispatch. I went through this. I understand it. I wrapped my head into the wall several times because I was trying to program in my local power authority in the scanner. And I was playing around with system keys at the time and everything else. And every time I lock everything out and just turn on my local power authority, guess what would happen? The radio would scream at me, nothing to scan. But I'm like, it's in the scan list. I can see the frequencies. I know they are here. And then, no pun intended, the light bulb went on. And guess what? I realized I had utilities not enabled in my profile. Once I enabled utilities, bada bing, right? I was able to scan Long Island Power Authority, LIPA, Keyspan, whatever they call these days, okay? PSCG, that's what they're called today. This week, they're called PSCGLI. <laughs> we keep changing names. Anyway, then it finally was able to, to, to monitor them, okay? So there's a lot of little different things that had to be turned off and on through the scanner. This is why I am desperately trying to put together a training course wrapped around soup to nuts on how to use the SDS 100 and 200. I understand it's a beast. Part of the problem with putting together a training course for a radio like this is as you completely should understand at this point, you have to know where to start and trying to incorporate a good workflow on how to program and use these radios is a bit of a pain because you have to understand like how the whole thing works. Now, I understand how the radio works, but it's creating that roadmap for me right now that I'm struggling with and how to get from point A to point B to point C to point D so that you are an expert on this radio. I definitely want to reach out to you, Rob, when I start putting my training course together. I would like to work with you so that I can make sure that I'm working with somebody that has a lot of questions about this scanner. If you don't mind doing that with me, I will be more than happy to give you complete lifetime access to the program, uh, to the pro, um, the training material. Okay, um, a little bit of helping me, I'd definitely love to help you out as well. Additionally, um, I'm going to pick a winner for a consulting call. If you're the winner or not the winner of that consulting call, I still would like to spend time with you, Rob, and uh, give you an hour's worth of my time to go through the scanner. I don't want you to take a hammer to it. Okay. So let's spend some time, you and I. I'll give you an hour of my time. Um, we'll do a consulting call, right, pro bono, whether or not you win one or not. In fact, I'm just going to take your name out of the um, uh, out of the drawing for this month because I also want to make sure that, you know, even though I'm giving you one, I don't want to take away from somebody else. So, Rob, I'm going to work with you this month, and uh, we'll answer more of your questions when it comes to this scanner, okay? I want to make sure that we can screen share, we can go through everything. want to make sure that you are on board with how this radio works. 
Again, zip code scanning is a really good way to start, but you have to make sure that you've got the right things turned on. Now, to answer your other question about how to program in the UHF frequencies, first, you have to know where they are. I don't know if you know what frequencies they're using. Close call is a good way to find out. When somebody keys up, you should be able to find out what they are. They could be DMR, or you know, so it may sound like noise in your scanner unless you have the DMR set up in there as well. But um, we could talk about this on the call because we can probably put it in manually using Sentinel. We can use software like ARC 536 to do that even easier. They might even be in the radio reference database for all you know on somebody's um, uh, uh, community system, okay? So again, let's talk offline. And um, I might have your email in in my in the SpeakPipe account. I want to thank you definitely for using SpeakPipe to submit your question. But let's let's work together. Email me directly, Phil at scannerschool.com, and I will um, I'll help you out this month, and we'll we'll get to the bottom of what's bugging you, or at least chip away at this iceberg, and get you into a place where you can at least monitor your wife as you know going around through the rounds as an EMT, and. Um, at least so you're not pulling out, you know, your hair. Listen to the scanner, all right? So that's my offer for, for the month for you, and um, hopefully we can get, get to the bottom of this. All right, I want to thank everybody for submitting their questions. I know it's been a long month, a, a long session. We had a lot of questions this month. This is awesome. I hope next month we actually get more, but right now let's take a break here, and let's pick a winner besides Bob, besides Bob, okay, he's winning, and somebody else is also going to win a consulting call this month. So let's go ahead and take care of that. Okay, so I put in my spreadsheet, Jim Peruto is number one, and Joe, you are number two. So let's go ahead and go on to Google. We'll put in random number generator, and we will see what number comes up. So putting in just numbers one and number two, it looks like number two is our winner. So, Joe, congratulations, Joe Curtis. Thank you for submitting your questions via our voicemail methods. And, uh, Jim, sorry that you didn't win, but I definitely want to thank you for your latest uh, donation to Scanner School. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for asking your questions. And, unfortunately, it just didn't line up in your, in your favor this month to um, to win the free consulting call. But, in the end, Joe... Um, Jim, if you need anything, just give me a holler, and, and I'll be uh, more than happy to help you out. And I think you and I have a project to work on as well now that memory is uh, my memory is being jogged. So let's uh, pick up on that as well. But, uh, Joe, I will send you an email, and we'll schedule up a call for this month. So before we also tap out of here, I also want to thank all those who are Patreon supporters and are helping us through other methods. So, again, I, I just dropped a hint that Jim made a uh, contribution to Scanner School. He did so as a one-time PayPal donation, which I greatly appreciate. You can make a one-time PayPal donation by going to scannerschool.com support. And again, if you are looking for a scanner from Scanner Master, software from Butel, you want to do some shopping on Amazon, great place to go is right there to scannerschool.com support. Now, again, I want to thank everybody who's asked a question via our voicemail numbers, which again would be 516-308-2882 or also SpeakPipe. And again, you can find links to both those at scannerschool.com slash ask. And I remind you guys, ask your questions a little bit early for next month. I'm not going to have an opportunity at last second like I do this uh, usually. 
I usually record these episodes just before they come out for the asks. This way I can give you some more time to ask you questions. I'm not going to have that luxury next month, so I'm going to need an extra week to get your questions. So if you have a question, you're listening to this right now, please go ahead and ask your question right now. Scannerschool.com slash ask. Now, again, before we wrap up, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, and they are Dan, Glenn Bryden, James Felling, M.T. Bono, Raymond Hill, Todd Glendie. Also want to thank our $5 supporters, which are... Um, you know, you guys are going to get the video on Saturday. You guys are going to get your own special uh, Scanner School live session. Again, you guys can uh, upgrade your Patreon or, or join Patreon by going to scannerschool.com slash support. But, but again, these $5 supporters right now are going to get their extra special 30-minute session next Saturday. So again, Craig Harper, Guy Lee, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler. Kenneth, again, thanks a lot for the interview you did with us last week. Um, or the week before that. I'm sorry, I lose track here. Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, and William R. Can. Thank you guys all for your support. Again, scannerschool.com slash ask to ask your questions. Make sure you do that early. All the show notes and session notes we found on the website, scannerschool.com slash session 93. We got a great interview lined up for you next week. So with that, We'll catch you all next Tuesday. Thank you all for asking your questions, and we'll do this again next month, and we'll see you all again next Tuesday for our next installment of Scanner School. 73, everyone.